Previously on Life Lessons from Stranger Things, season two, Moses has been called by God. He and his family are now on the way to Egypt. But as they go to Egypt, God wants to kill the man he has sent. Zipporah steps in and circumcises her son. She saves the day. God relents because Moses repents. But Moses learns a lesson. My private life is more important than my public life. Uh, today we enter episode number two, like temple, like tree, like tree, like temple. Jesus is on the last leg of his earthly journey in this season in the life of Jesus, he does strange things. I'm talking about strange things. And I, I got one of his strange things that he did found in Matthew chapter 21, verses number 17 to 22. If you have your Bibles, flip to Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 17. If it ain't in the word... It ain't got to be heard. So turn your Bibles to Matthew 21, verse number 17. I want to welcome you to Life Lessons from Stranger Things, season number two. Verse number 17, check this out. Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany. And he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. That's strange. That's the first strange thing I want you to notice. He was hungry. Lapar. Lapar bangat. Verse 19. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. Strange thing number two. He came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, leaves, and said to it, now this is very strange, right? Very strange. Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Strange. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Stranger. Woo. Come on now, Jesus. Is that you? Or am I reading about somebody else? <laughs> Verse number 20. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled because it was strange. Saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? Hmm. Why did it happen so soon? Chapatan, so fast, so quick. Now, Jesus took the opportunity now to bring it home. He landed the plane right here. Watch what Jesus says. What he says. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you and to me, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, hey, I'm going to have fun with this, y'all. I'm going to have fun right here. Be removed and cast into the sea. It will be done. Verse 22, and whatever things you ask in prayer, mm-hmm believing 
you will receive. Our theme for today, like tree, like temple. Let us pray. Thank you, God. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2003, in 2003, Greta Thornburg was born. You see, Greta represents, symbolizes climate change. She symbolizes uh, activism for preserving the planet. In 2018, she decided to skip school and to squeeze the Swedish parliament to be more serious about legislation. And it worked. She was invited to a UN summit in 2019 and she was offered a plane ticket. But in order to reduce her carbon footprint, instead of flying, Greta decided to sail across the Atlantic to North America. See, I admire Greta Thunberg. She's only 18 now or 19. But she stands up for something. She, she wants to preserve the planet. But you see, if Greta would read our verse today, she would be disappointed. In fact, she would frown at the actions of Jesus. Jesus gets up early. He has been staying at the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. His place, his home away from home. It was a place he loved to visit. But on this particular morning, Jesus says to Martha, don't prepare a meal for me today. I am in a rush. I need to get to the temple. Jesus gets up about five to six in the morning and he's out of the door him and his crew of 12 they are on their way to jerusalem they have been staying in bethany now in order to move from bethany to jerusalem in order to cover their three kilometer journey they have to pass up hike up the mount of olives but Jesus has not eaten breakfast. He skipped it this particular morning. And as he is going up the mountain and hiking up the mountain, the gunung, hunger is getting stronger. But as he's hiking at a distance, Jesus sees a fig tree. And he's hungry. So he says, that's a tree. So his eyes widen, his mouth salivates, and his stomach readies for action. Uh, but when Jesus gets uh, to the tree, when Jesus gets closer, he does not see fruits on the tree. He sees leaves on the tree. There are nothing but leaves on the tree. Number one, it is strange for Jesus to leave hungry from a home that he can eat from. Number two, it is strange because Jesus comes to a tree and the tree has no fruit. He was expecting fruit, but there's no fruit. 
something strange happens in the story in that Jesus looks at this tree and I can see his face change. He, 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 he frowns now. He's angry now. And he declares a statement that just kind of made me feel a little cold inside. It just, it just shook me up. He says to the tree, let, let no fruit grow on you again. Jesus, uh, what's going on here, man? I mean, it, it's the tree. It's the tree. And I, I want you to notice, let me just backtrack. Uh, you see, Mark understood the situation that it was not the season for figs. It was not the time for figs. But Jesus is looking for figs when it is not time for figs. If you go to farmer's market or any supermarket, and if you are looking for mangoes, you are not going to find them because it is not the season for mangoes. So it was not the season for figs, but Jesus is looking for figs, and he does not find figs. And because he doesn't find figs, he decides to curse the tree. I'm like, Jesus, what's going on here? And not only that, Joseph... The tree withers away. In other words, the tree dies. Now, if Greta and her environmentalist friends would see Jesus do this, they would frown. In fact, they would say, Jesus, why are you putting your big carbon footprint on this planet? You should be kinder to the environment. You should take care of it. Why are you destroying the environment? If you keep this tree in the ground, it's going to reduce the carbon emissions. Uh, perhaps, Jesus, you can invest money and hire a tree expert so that they can help this tree to be as productive. Jesus, why are you killing this tree? Why are you letting this tree die? I don't know about you, but I find this to be very strange. But for Jesus, it was strange because, watch this, watch this, Brother Vic, watch this, get this. There was promise without product. The tree promised a product but it did not show the product because when a fig tree has leaves, it is supposed to have fruit. You see, let me help you to see what I'm saying. When you invest your money in stocks, you have what I call promise of return on investment. Are you following what I'm saying? When you, when a couple gets married, they have the promise of having children. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's hearing me this morning. When two people become friends, they have promise of encouragement. They have promise of developing this relationship or friendship into something great. Perhaps in the future, these two friends will be helping each other in their careers. They will lift each other up. There is, there is promise. And in us, there is inbuilt promise. There is inbuilt the, the, the need to produce. That is why you have expectations 
because you recognize the promise you recognize that this thing can grow it can become something and here Jesus comes to a tree that has promise but no signs of product there was an investment made in this tree but it was not coming out to, to, to show itself in fruit. You see, God has inbuilt in us the need to produce. At least on a personal level, you need to produce the fruit of the Spirit. There needs to be joy in you. There needs to be peace in you. There needs to be kindness in you. There needs to be self-control in you. That's at least the bare minimum. God wants to see that your Christianity is producing something. God wants to see that the fact you call yourself a believer in God is showing something. And allow me just to take it from the spiritual world. Let me bring it to a practical side of things. Are you producing fruit in your career? Is there the fruit or the product of efficiency and competency? When people see you at the office, they understand something is going to happen. When you come in, they know that you're going to bring something nice and, and you're going to bring a change. You, you, you're, going, you're going to make the company go up. Is, can that be seen in you, in your job? When people come to you, is there the product and the fruit of kindness and encouragement? Do people feel better by you? Can, 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 can people feel like, oh my goodness, this person is elevating me? Are you a fruit producing husband? Does your wife feel like she has found somebody better than anybody else she can have in this world? Does she feel like you are the husband that nobody else can compete against? Does your wife, does your husband feel like you are the best wife? Or does your family feel like you are the best relative? Do they feel like you are it? Do they feel like you add value to their life? Do they feel like there is a product in you? You see, the inability for the fruit, the inability for the tree to produce fruit was simply an indication of the condition of the tree. You see, when Jesus looks at the tree and he does not see fruit on it, it is an indication that the tree has a real problem. It has a real issue. And I need you to understand that Jesus Christ planted you and me in the body of Christ to produce fruit. The fact that you are a member of a church, it means that you're supposed to produce fruit. Uh, this morning when I came in, I talked to my brother Joseph, and he said to me, I'm nervous, because today's gonna be my first time that I'm doing Truth Decoded. And I said, why are you nervous, man? He says, well, it's my first time. But you know what, I'm glad that he's nervous and he's stepping up in front doing Truth Decoded. For me, that is growth. For me, that is production. You may not be good at it, but are you doing it? 
perhaps this is a year you need to start stretching yourself a bit further. Perhaps it is the year that you need to start that small group. Perhaps this is the year that you do not only need to depend on the pastor to lead it, but you say, you know what? I'm going to lead it. Perhaps it is the year that you will start having the family worshiping your family. You don't know how to do it, but you're going to start. Perhaps it is the year that you say what? I'm going to stretch my spiritual intellect. I'm going to study the word every day if it kills me. But I'm going to stretch myself. I will not be content with where I am. I will grow. I'll produce fruit. This is going to be the year. Because I'm planted to produce fruit. I'm planted to do something. This is a year I'm going to start that personal ministry. God has laid it on my heart to be visiting those who are sick. I know it's COVID-19. I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen. You have been planted to produce fruit. Now you say I need you to see something that a fig tree has three ripes or it ripens three times. You can love this. You can love this. You see, there is the first ripe. You see, the first ripe is uh, the the pre-fruit. It is the the small thing, the, the little things, but it always appears with the leaves. After the first ripe, there is the second ripe, and this is the time now when you can you can start to pluck the, 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 the tree and you can start to eat it and you can start to sell it. And then there's a third ripe when now it comes into full force and then you can really enjoy the figs. You see when Jesus came to the tree hear me Joseph. When Jesus came to the tree he was looking for the first ripe. He was looking for the sign that this tree will produce. <laughs> you see Jesus was not after perfection he was after the sign of production I don't know if I'm, I'm preaching this morning you see Jesus doesn't expect you and me to be perfect he doesn't expect you to be the perfect Christian he doesn't expect you to be the perfect husband or wife or employee or pastor or elder he doesn't expect perfection but he expects production Jesus wants to see is there promise in this tree? Is this tree going to go somewhere? Is this investment I'm making in this plant taking me somewhere? Jesus wants to see. Is there promise in this person? Is there product in this person? They may not be grown yet. They may not be mature yet. But I want to see it. I want to see that there is a a product of love. They may not be the most loving person right now. In fact, they might be mean. You know what I'm saying? But at least they are trying to give to the hungry. You feel me? They may not be the best singer yet, but they are working on their notes. They may not produce the best sermon yet, but they are working on it. The videos may not be at the highest level, but they're working on it. I can see, I can see product. I can see that, well, this is the first ripe, but we're going to go to the second ripe, and we'll go to the third ripe. And I need somebody here to understand that we should not judge people 
Some perhaps some of us are simply at our first ripe. Maybe you are the third ripe. That's good for you. But they are at the first ripe. And sometimes we look at the fruit that people are producing and we step on it and we say, ah, that's not good. But man, that perhaps that's their first ripe. We don't need to judge the first ripe. But if I can see that there is promise, that's good enough for me. And I know that it is going to take me to the next level. And that is why you should not give up so fast. You just started the, the program. You just started reading the word. You just started dieting. You just started going to the gym. You're not seeing results. It's fine. Keep doing it. Keep moving. There is coming the second ripe. There is coming the third ripe. Keep at it. Stay at it. Stay focused. You're going to see ripe. You're going to see that fruit come up. And let me tell you something that I have discovered. You see, sheep produce sheep. And you need to understand this in the context of producing fruit because we live in a generation that thinks that only church leaders should do the work of the church. Only the pastors should do the work of the, pa of, of, of the church. But in the eyes of Jesus, every one of us needs to be producing fruit. Sheep produce sheep. You are the fruit you are the sheep that is going to produce another sheep. You are the person who can encourage somebody else in the matters of faith. The pastor should not be the only one doing it. Because you, the shepherd, can never produce the sheep. It is sheep that do this. So what investments, what product are you bringing out? What are you doing? And that is what Jesus is saying. I want you to produce I want you to produce. Uh, when scholars looked at this story, they said, hey, Jesus, uh, mm, uh, we don't get him. Why does he curse a tree? Because they fail to see what is really happening with this particular tree and in the context of this particular story. Because you see, Jesus is really talking about something much, much bigger. The tree represented the temple. Now, you see, when Jesus comes into Jerusalem on his last visit to Jerusalem before he's crucified, he is greeted by cheers of, of uh, applause. And, and people say uh, to him, this is the son of David. He has come to reign over us. And he's, he's escorted into Jerusalem on, on a donkey. And people sing his praises. And he, he, he elevates. They, they elevate him. After he gets off the donkey, Jesus enters the temple. And after he enters the temple, he sees a scene that saddens him that there are people there selling things within the temple. And, and I, I, I want you to see it like this. You see, the, 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 the leadership in Jerusalem decided, you know what? <clears throat> uh, people have to travel from Galilee. They have to travel from Egypt. They have to travel from Asia. It's not, it's not efficient that they should be bringing their own sacrifices. So let's make it easy for them. So what they did is they, 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 they set up people who could exchange money but also could sell animals for sacrifice. But the priest charged a commission on those who were exchanging money and those who were selling animal sacrifices. Unfortunately, in order to make up the difference... Those who were selling and exchanging money would hike up the price. And so a person has traveled all the way from Galilee. He's tired. He doesn't have enough money. 
and he has to pay extra. So instead of worshiping at the temple, he is turned back because he doesn't have the money necessary to pay. And so Jesus says, enough of this. Therefore, he turns the tables. He drives the people out. He says, I will not have this thing happen in this place. And then he leaves the temple because it was late. And then he's coming back to the temple the next day. And when he sees the, the tree, he says, wait a minute. Like tree, like temple. The way this tree is, is just the way the temple is. The temple is a place where people come to worship. It looks alive, but it is actually dead. Instead of giving people spiritual life, it is taken away from their spiritual life. Like tree, like temple. And that is why Jesus now makes the connection. And he says to the people that day, you have made my house, not a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Instead of it giving life, it is taking life. Instead of it being a blessing, it is a curse. Now you might be like, oh, that's a temple, it was destroyed already. <laughs> It is killed already. It, it, it is done with. It was removed already. The temple got none to do with us. But allow me to tell you something that shocked me when I came across this. It says, do you not know? <clears throat> uh, look at this. Look at this, Brother Donald. Look at this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you of whom you have from God? So check what? The temple is now us. <laughs> the temple is now you and me and so the question is are we like the tree are we like the temple that we look good people say good about us from a distance we look alive but in reality we are dead it is a shameful thing when a life giving source becomes a source of death it is a shameful thing when something that is to be a blessing becomes a curse what do I mean by this you see it is it is possible to be a Christian but to destroy people it is possible to be a Christian and to discourage people it is possible to be a Christian and be a murderer of people's hopes and dreams. It is possible. And Jesus is saying to the disciples and he's saying to you and me, are we like the temple and like the tree? Are we truly giving life to others? That when people come to us, they feel alive. When people come to us, they say, wow, you really listen to me today. I feel encouraged. Life-giving source. Or it's, man, you never listen to me. I never feel hurt. When people come to us, do we help them figure it out? Figure out how they can plan their, re their finances giving them life or is it hey let's just spend that money man you only live once anyway when people come to us do do they feel fed 
well, I've never understood the Bible before. Like, like yeah, how you broke it down? Or oh, it's like, man, I'm even more confused now. <laughs> it is a shameful thing when a life-giving source becomes a source of death. You and I exist to be a life-giving source. God has called you and I to do amazing things for him, to elevate others, to bring them up, to change them from a desperate situation and bring them to a hopeful situation. Whose life have you touched this week? How, who have you elevated this week and, and told them, you know what? I see good things in you. I see that you're an amazing person. I see that you can become great. Whose life have you given life to? And the power of life and death is in the tongue. Often it is what we say or we don't say that either gives life or don't give life. You have been called to be a, a life-giving source. Check this, uh, Sister Justine. A tree never eats its own fruit. A durian tree doesn't eat durian. <laughs> you feel me? An orange tree doesn't eat oranges. A mango tree doesn't eat mangoes. It is somebody else that is going to eat the fruit. It's either a person. Mm -hmm. It is either a bird. Some, something else is going to eat the fruit. And that's what we need to understand. The fruit is not for us. It is for other people. It is for us to be a blessing to other people. It is for us to give people nutrition, whether it be physically, spiritually, emotionally, whatever you can name, it is your duty and mine to make sure we're feeding people. Not taking from them, but to give to them. And this is a beautiful thing. You see, how does the, the, the fruit benefit the tree? It how does the fruit benefit the tree? It's when the seeds of the tree are spread, that is when the tree is benefited. Come on now. Because if you see, there were no seeds. <laughs> Let me preach now. If there were no seeds to be spread, the tree would die. But when the seeds are spread, the tree remains alive. Last night we were in our community connection. I was touched. A young pastor just passed on. But you know what? When, when, when people are talking about this young pastor, they are talking about the fruit, the seed that he has left. Oh, he was such an encouragement. Oh, he touched my life. That is, what, that is how you want people to remember you. The seed that you have left. And that is why you need to spread it out so that others can eat that fruit. And let me just come back on this particular point. Let me just uh, rotate right here. You see, there are different kinds of fruits. Sister Laura, durian, I've mentioned it already. Uh, the other day I had a chance to eat fried durian. And uh, it was an experience. I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was good. You have lemons. As a type of fruit. You feel me? You have Jeruk Maidan as a type of fruit. And they're apples. Now, here's a beautiful thing. Uh, the reason why they're different kind of fruit <clears throat> is because each one of them provides a different kind of nutrition. Nutritional value. <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? Now, now, I'm sure Justine knows this better than me because she's into food and she can really study all these things. And if I make a mistake, please forgive me, my sister. But each fruit has a certain vitamin that it provides, right? You see, you cannot go to 
a mango looking for a lemon nutrient. You understand what I'm saying? You need to go to a lemon. Nor can you say the nutrient of the lemon is inferior to the nutrient of the mango. No. Each one of them provides something unique and different. So perhaps you are not an upfront person. It's okay. Your nutrition is to be interpersonal and connect. Never feel that somebody who is upfront is better than you. You have just been gifted differently. <laughs> that is why you need to appreciate who you are. Appreciate the gift that you have and live with that. Yeah. And appreciate who you are. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I know what kind of food I am. But if you need if you need the fruit of, of law, I will direct you to my sister Laura. You understand what I'm saying? I know what kind of food I am. If you need technical expertise, I'll direct you to my brother Frankie. <laughs> I know what kind of food I am. If you need baking and cooking, I'll direct you to my sister, <laughs> Justine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That is what we need to understand, that each one of us fruited differently, gifted differently, but we provide a beautiful nutrition. And I'm saying this because too many times we beat ourselves up. I'm not good enough. I'm not this and that forget that embrace who you are and allow God to take you to the levels you need to go to not everybody needs to like you not that you, you you don't need to be at every place but just embrace who you are and run with that but you see the disciples they didn't say like tree like temple they, they were not able they were not able to make the connection the disciples said, like tree, like strange. Said, Jesus, um, the tree has withered away so fast. The disciples connected, <clears throat> connected, they connected the tree to the power that Jesus had. And they were so amazed that the tree has withered that they said, hey, Lord, 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 who are you again? And I need you to see this. We are concerned that Jesus killed the tree but the disciples are not concerned that Jesus killed the tree. But they're concerned of what his word did to the tree. And Jesus understood this. Because he can see that they are getting the lesson. But I need you to see what really happened in this story. Because when you read in Matthew's account, Matthew seems to present this event as it happened in one day. But that's not the truth. When you read Mark's account in chapter 11, this is what happened. Jesus comes to Jerusalem, goes into the temple. He leaves for Bethany. The next day he goes to Jerusalem. And as he's going to Jerusalem, he sees the tree and he curses it. The disciples heard it. Then he goes into the temple and he chases out all the people selling 
And then he leaves for Bethany. The next day as they are coming, this is when the disciples recognized that something had happened. In fact, Peter says, the text says in Mark, and they saw the tree dried up from the roots. And Peter says, Peter says, remembering what happened the day before, Peter remembered. He forgot at that moment, but he remembered the next day. He said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you have cursed has withered away. So I want you to see what is happening, really. Yes, the disciples connected the miracle of Jesus, the, the cursing of the tree to the power of Jesus, but they did not get it right away. They got it much, much later. Isn't that so true? That what God does in our lives, we may not see it at that particular moment. It often takes a little time for it to click. And that is why you should never judge this moment you need to always to, to, to preserve judgment to see what God is actually doing. You don't see how you're going to make it. You don't see how you're going to pay the bills. You don't see how you're going to fix it. That's not your conclusion for that moment. You need to wait and see what can God do out of this situation. And I'm glad that the disciples eventually they got it and understood that Jesus has power. They said, oh. Jesus speaks and it happens. When he says it, it happens. I want to talk to my brother and sister right now who doubts the word of God. Who doesn't believe the promises of the, of the word of God. Who doesn't believe what Jesus says. Allow me to tell you that when Jesus says it, it happens. When Jesus says, if you confess your sins, I am faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. If you do that, you have forgiveness and, 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 and you have been restored right at that moment. When Jesus says, I will give you a peace that passes all understanding. And you say, Lord, I want the peace that passes all understanding. Guess what? At that moment, you have peace that passes all understanding. When you say, I need wisdom, I, I, don't get, I don't get how to do this. And you say, you know what? God gives wisdom to everybody who needs it. At that moment, you claim it, you have it. Even though you do not feel it or see it. Even though it doesn't appear real to you, but because God has declared it, you, need, you and I need to live as if it's real. And that is what is going to elevate us to take our faith to the next level. That is, Lord, I don't feel it. I don't see it. I don't understand it. But because you said it, I believe it. Because you declared it, I'm going to live by it. We need to learn to live our prayers. You have prayed about it. Let it go and start living your life. Don't be worried. Oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? You told God, fix it. Then get out of the way. Let God fix it. And when you allow that to happen, you're going to see. Lord, oh, oh, you, you did it. Oh, you, you did it, Lord. Yeah, Lord, I was limited in my understanding, but now you have done it. Thank you, Lord. So the disciples can connect that, wait a minute, Jesus has power. <clears throat> and because he has power, we are in the presence of somebody who can change our lives. My struggles 
my situations are nothing, oh, I'm dancing now, are nothing in the hands of God. I can rejoice, I can be happy because God is that powerful. And I want you to understand that you serve a God that is powerful. And Jesus drives the point home and allow me to do it for him because he ain't here. I'm here for Jesus. Amen, somebody. Allow me to drive his point home. Jesus says, I say to you, this is truth, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also you will say to this mountain. Anybody has mountains today? <laughs> Anybody has mountains, things you don't know how to fix? You will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and it will be done. And here Jesus says it like this. I want to add this. He says, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Oh, say, say amen one more time. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will have it. Uh, you see, here Jesus is helping us to see something that we, you see, um, right, right in front of me there, electronics, things are plugged in. I'm using a mic. And all of this is using electricity. The, the mic has a battery, right? So the battery is power, but it is in a controlled environment. And because it is in a controlled environment, the power, I can wield it, I can use it. That is why you can turn on your lights in your house. That is why you can get in your car because the power has been controlled. It is in a contained environment. And that's what Jesus is driving out in this verse. He's not saying... <laughs> Let's make it clear now. Jesus is not saying you can go up to, uh, to, to Monas and say, Monas, I want you to, 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 to fall to the ground and it will happen. Not that what Jesus is saying. Jesus is not saying, oh, I don't like him. He didn't talk to me right, blah, 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 blah. And then, Lord, do something to them. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not saying you can use my power to do whatever you want. Jesus is saying my power is effective if you use it in a controlled environment. And the controlled environment is faith and belief. Not in your abilities, but in the abilities of God. Because when God is the one, mm -mm, when God is the one who is operating and controlling your life, then you will do what I did to this fig tree. Then you will do to this mountain and cast it into the sea. You will do the impossible because it is not you who is working. It is God who is working. Amen. So yes, when you pray, and that prayer is using the power of God in the right way, that prayer is answered. Now, now you see, I want to drive this home so you can get it. You see, Jesus did not say what was different from his father. You see, the tree represented Israel. And I already made the connection. It represented the temple. Now, the temple and the Jewish religion had already turned their backs on God. They no longer wanted God. I'm bringing you something here. Please listen to me right here. They had already turned their backs on God. In other words, what Jesus said was already in line with God because God was intending to destroy the nation. Because they had turned their backs on God. And so when he said to the tree, be cursed, he was simply speaking in line with God. 
So if we want the power of God in our lives, if we want our prayers to be answered, you need to ensure that your prayers are in line with the mind and the will of God. So you want wisdom? That's good. But what for? No, people can be wise in stealing money. Is that God's will? You want to start something? But is that God's will? The reason why our prayers are not answered is because we don't know the mind of God. And how do you know the mind of God? It is through the scriptures. It is through the word. And so I want to tell you something that I believe with all of my heart. If your prayers are in line with the word of God, it's just a matter of time before it's answered. But when we do not allow ourselves to experience the power of God, we are like the tree and we are like the temple. We look alive, we look good, but we don't have the power. We are a, a, a shell company without actually being a company. We are a figure without being alive because we don't have the power. And the power comes when we have that faith, when we have that connection with God. And that's what I'm here to tell you today. That if you want to truly change your life, you need the power of God. You need to believe in him. It's not about you. It's not what you can do it's all what he can do for you and we need Christians in 2021 who are saying I don't live my life based upon my ideas I don't live my life based upon my plans I don't live my life because I have a nice nest egg in the bank account I don't live my life because I take care of my body I live my life because I believe in God I believe in his power and without him I cannot do nothing without him I am nothing therefore I am Firmly committed to who he is in my life. I want to be that kind of Christian. I want to live for God. I want God to impact my life. I want God to change me. Not because of what I'm doing. But because of what he can do in my life. Like tree, like temple. That's uh, not a place to be, brothers and sisters. What we need to embrace is the power of God. And that's what Jesus wanted us to understand in this strange story. That if you are living your life without me, you are dead. You see, many of us are like cell phones. We are charged up. We disconnect. And then we live our lives. But you know what happens to a cell phone? The moment you pl unplug it, it starts to die. And too many times we are living our Christian lives like cell phones, like laptops. We're living our lives like cars. But we need constant connection with God. The tree can only live when it is rooted in the ground. And you can only live when you're rooted in Jesus. Jesus said to the disciples as he was ending his ministry, he said, abide in me, stay in me, connect to me, live in me. You might live for a while when you're disconnected. <laughs> but at some point, you're going to die. I want to talk to somebody right now. Pastor, I want to be connected to Jesus. I don't want to be like the tree or the temple. 
I want to be alive and alive for real. And I want to connect to Jesus. I don't know if that is you today. I want to connect to Jesus. I want to talk to somebody else. You have not appreciated what God has given you. The fruit that you have. And you have been putting yourself down. You haven't felt like you are good at anything. But today, I challenge you to embrace that God has made you unique and special. And I want to talk to somebody else today. Give people your fruit. Let people eat and spread your seeds. What do you need to do today to spread your seeds to somebody to be benefited and to grow? Let's not be like the tree or the temple. Let us be rooted in God. Every head is bowed, every set of eyes is closed as we pray. <clears throat> Dear Jesus, thank you for letting us know the reality of the situation. You have power available for us and to us. And unless we truly, truly experience your power, we are like the tree and like the temple. Father, we, we don't want to be like that. We want to embrace who you are in our lives. We want to experience your power. We want to experience your grace. And Father, so right now, I'd like to ask you to help somebody who needs to be connected to you. Right now, I want to ask you to help somebody who has not appreciated their fruit. Right now, I want to, I want to ask you to help somebody who needs to feed somebody their fruit. And I would like to ask you, Lord, that you bless each one, whoever this applies to, and elevate them, oh, Father. Thank you for ever being kind. Thank you for ever being good to us. And in your mighty name, I humbly ask and I pray. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to see you very soon. Take care. Bye.